0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.
2: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
1: This this soft girl life, the way some of y'all are talking about it, you're going to be broke as you know what. All right? And you just you just are do you, what do you think like oh yeah because be that's why cause I was heck.
2: like I have to cancel it because <laughs> I don't even know if I can
1: afford soft girl life anymore. I'm like afford. I spent like four hundred thousand
2: dollars to live my soft girl <laughs> yes, life, like yes. delegating everything. Yes,
1: yeah. Hey, hey you guys, and welcome to another edition of Full Transparency with Donnie Wiggins. I am super excited to be here, you guys. I have one of my sisters in this entrepreneur space with me. And before I introduce you, I got to tell y'all we have all the girl talk, all the conversations about business and relationships and why we're not doing this and how we should be doing that. And without further ado, I want to welcome my sister in business, Miss Maya Elias.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I am
1: so excited to have you here. This is a long time coming. It has been. It has been. Yeah, we've talked about Doing so many things over the years. Yep. And this is like our first thing. I know. In fact, Maya, we're supposed to be like collaborating in business together this year.
2: I know. Mm -hmm. We are. You -hmm. know the first collaboration I want to do? It's not business. I just want to make sure our trip to the Bahamas is planned.
1: Are we doing that?
2: Yeah, we're definitely doing
1: it. When are we doing that?
2: We already set the dates. It should be in your calendar. We don't have a place yet. We just know Bahamas after Impact Weekend.
1: So I... That is what we said. I am so bad that um, (laughs) I don't know the dates off the top of my head. And we definitely need to talk about that after this to make sure we're solidified with it. But anyway, so on full transparency, we like to just have really dope, authentic conversations like let's just pretend like we're at lunch or dinner like like we do and get straight to it. All right. So how's business? Business is going well. I feel like I'm getting excited about business again. Mm-hmm. I I felt like I was
2: kind of in the season, like, what am I doing? What should I be doing? And mm-hmm. I think it's really just because I wasn't coaching mm-hmm. because I closed down my coaching programs um, at the end of the year for like the holidays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, obviously, if you run a coaching business and you're not coaching, you're going to feel a little bit lost. Yeah. So now that we're taking on clients again, Impact Weekend is full. I feel like finally getting back into my groove.
1: So I experienced a very similar thing last year. Mm -hmm. I cut off all of my direct coaching offers Mm -hmm. um, because I let the world tell me what to do. Yeah. I let everybody tell me, girl, you're not going to scale your business that way. You need to be duplicating yourself, group right. this, group that. And don't get me wrong. I do still love the group concept yeah. very much. Yeah. I don't know if you're like me, though. I get a thrill. Like, there's a rush for me. There's a there's an extreme difference in working with somebody in a one-on-one capacity and just being all up in their business.
2: Yeah, with the right people, mm-hmm. I really do love one-on-one because mm-hmm. I get to be in my zone of genius, which I love. They're asking me the right questions. They're brilliant. Like, it's really fun to do. Like, it feels collaborative.
1: Yeah. That's what I was missing. So, on one episode, um, obviously, you guys know that I'm also the co host on the Social Proof podcast. And on an episode uh, not too long ago, I was sharing with Dave that I was in this inexplainable depression, state of mm. depression, right? And last year should have been one of the most joyful moments mm-hmm. of my life and I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And the only thing that I could come up with was that I cut off the extension of my business that I actually enjoy the most. Yeah. Like if we're being fully yeah. transparent, yeah. I don't give a damn if that part of the business can't scale or can scale and and you can scale it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care about that part. Right, right. I have selectively, selectively reserved just space for a very limited number of handpicked clientele yep. that I just want to work with and be challenged by. What do you
2: think? I love that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's like, there can be parts of your business that are scalable. And then other parts where it's like, the purpose of this is for me to feel fulfilled. Yeah. Like I don't have to worry about the money and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're doing that because I can think about a handful of clients that I worked with and my mind wasn't on how do I get this to hundred clients? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like, I love this. And then the 100 clients that I am working with with my other coaches, yeah. they're still served and I still enjoy it. But there's one part that I can at least have for myself.
1: Yeah. I think it's an important message, a responsible message to share. Yeah. Um, to make sure that when you're building your business, there's a component of your business still inside of it that you really, really love. Yes. There's so many people right now that's just like hustling for the money. Gosh. Tell me what you think.
2: Yeah. What's the- Cause I wrote a post about this when I was talking about like being a seven figure CEO and I'm like, you know what? I'm really new to this. Like I'm not true to this. I'm new. I don't know what Period. I'm doing. And I think we talked about this over dinner when we were both in Charlotte, but um, I was saying, I think I delegated too many things and mm-hmm. I delegated a lot of the things that actually brought me joy. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, you know, I, th- I thought I was doing the right thing. Like, I should be doing what a CEO does and I should be delegating all these other things. And then I'm like,
1: I'm bored. Mm. I'm so bored. What does a day in your life? So first (laughs) of all, tell us a little bit about what you do. And then I want you to tell (laughs) me like, no, seriously, Maya is a multi seven figure (laughs) business owner, right? She's killing it. But, I think about how I spend my days and I just want to know how you're spending your days because I be like I dealt with. Have you ever dealt with just like a little momentary bit of guilt? Like, God, I'm really making all this money and this is this is this is what I'm doing with my time. No, I,
2: I don't feel the guilt.
1: but I'm no, I, don't feel, I don't feel the guilt. Guilt is not the feeling that I feel right now.
2: But I think I feel almost amused because it's like when people ask how I spend my day, I think people are looking for the generic, like, successful entrepreneurial response, mm. right? Like, mm-hmm. I wake up at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. I go to the gym, I work out for two hours, I come back, I journal, I do all of these things. Mm-hmm. And I have seasons where I am, like, really disciplined and stuff. But it's like sometimes... I wake up and I'm like, oh, well, what should I do today? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty low maintenance. So I don't think like, oh, I need to do this or I have to do this. Yeah. I think day to day sometimes it's very different. Yeah. And it also depends on the season. So, you know, I want to get back into being more disciplined because Mm -hmm. it is starting to get boring. Just not really having boring. Yeah. And we were talking about this. I'm like, I'm canceling my soft girl era. It was very cute while it lasted, but it's canceled. It's done.
1: Soft girl era is canceled. Now before I co-sign, <laughs> I have to know what that means exactly because we're in we're in this we're in this space. We're in this really really weird space. Yeah. And I feel a couple of ways about it, right? Yeah. Um one, we have this this soft girl versus I guess if you're not a soft girl, you think you're a boss chick is the uh, yeah. way that it's being portrayed. Or like in, I think people or are trying indep- to
2: escape being an independent an woman. An independent
1: yeah. woman. And then it's uh, if you're not feminine, you're masculine. Right. We're just, and I, there's a part of me that feels like we're ha- we're in the middle of a gender war almost, mm-hmm. right? And people are being made to feel really bad about working hard. Mm-hmm. So I have my thoughts about it, but tell me about the soft girl era of yours. Yeah.
2: So for me, I felt like with my soft girl era, I did whatever just made me feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is important in some cases, but I think there does have to be a consideration of like you do things that you don't feel good in the process, but you're doing it for you know a better end result. Yeah. For me, it was just kind of like, I'm not really going to do a lot of work if I don't feel like it. I'm not going to take on as many clients because I'm over the client work. I'm not going to wake up at 7 a.m. Yeah. And just all of these things. And it was funny because I was talking to my therapist about it. And I'm like, I feel like I didn't really do that much this year. And she was like, but you did. You were in a season of healing.
1: Mm. And I think
2: the soft girl era is important for people that are like, I need to like, regulate my anxiety and my emotions and all of that and you know you talked about going through depression and so we talked about being bored and you know overdoing our soft Mm -hmm. life maybe but I think it was necessary for the (laughs) seasons that we were in we overdid the soft girl stuff
1: I did for sure I definitely did because you you withdrew from everything I did yeah in full transparency you just got back in the gym after like five months Right. That, that was that was group yeah. chat conversation. I don't yeah. know if I was supposed to share that part. That was group chat conversation. But you did I'm just back get back in the gym. You're back I'm in like, the gym, but yeah. you look good. Oh, thanks. You still find AF. You know, I, I try to do what I can.
2: Um, you know, I was working out, but there's nothing like having your trainer that just kicks your butt. So shout out to my my trainer, Antonio. But yeah, I'm back in the gym. Mm-hmm. I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to make sure I made it to my 7 a.m. workout. And mm-hmm. I'm like, before that, I was waking up at 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And when I would try to wake up earlier, I it was so hard. I'm like, I can't believe I used to do this. I would wake <laughs> up and get my protein shake and go work out. Be on the freaking Stairmaster, which I think is, like, the hardest thing. You You be on there.
1: You just gave me a flashback. I be killing the the, the Stairmaster for, like, a whole 12 minutes. That's all I have, really. (laughs) Like, that Stairmaster is no joke.
2: No, it's no joke. 12 minutes is Mm -hmm. a
1: lot. 12 minutes is a lot. And I'm on, like, a a pretty fast speed. But you just gave me a flashback. I remember you used to do these videos. Um, You would wake up. And you would like take Instagram through your house. You wake up, show your robe, you show yourself walking down the stairs, you show your dog, Max, is his name Max? Show yourself uh, getting ready for your workout, making your protein shake. You're completely out of that right now.
2: I'm out of it. And people have said like, I miss it. Mm -hmm. They were like, I miss you actually doing shit with your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: they're like, I miss the, you know, the home walkthroughs and stuff. So I think I'll get back into that. I think it
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
2: Makes people feel like, you know, encouraged to have their own routine and to, I guess, almost romanticize their life. Which is what I think I was doing when I did have a routine. So I think I want to get back on that. But was it authentic? It was because I love my space. Like even like one of my favorite things to do is just sit on my couch and watch TV and just like be at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I enjoy it that much more because I see my sister and, you know, she has her husband and her three kids, which I think is so beautiful, but there's really not that much quiet time. And so when I kind of like compare and contrast our lives, I'm like, I love this quiet time. I love that. This is my house. I love that. I can set the temperature to whatever I want. Well, if I want, want the it. blinds closed or closed, if I want it, open they're open so do you share
1: your space well oh
2: I think I do share my space well I but I'm again I'm very low maintenance so I like low maintenance friendships like I like my friends that come over and like you know Abu will come over and he'll be sitting at the table and I'm sitting on the couch or um, my friends Kara and Khalil came over and they like took a nap on my couch while I was doing whatever in my
1: kitchen are we friends me and you? Yeah. Yeah, you haven't over, though. gotten an invite to come to the you house. You can always come over. I'm trying to pull up, okay? Pull up. We can I look for friends. Like, I am in a season. So let me talk about my soft girl era okay. just a little bit. So I am in this season where I, too, require, I don't even desire, but I require low-maintenance friendships. Mm. Like, I need you to know that I love you so much, even if you don't hear from, from yeah. me all month, right? Yeah. Um, My friends are starting to get really in tune with my personality quirks, Uh um, especially as an entrepreneur. And I've had to make some explanations. Like I am not Donnie who had a consistent schedule, nine to five. This is what I do. And when I'm off, I'm off. I don't ever feel off, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even in soft girl. But let me kind of tell you what soft girl kind of felt like to me. And I like the perspective that you gave. The way that I see it. The way that I see it or I saw it originally is the way that you see it Uh now. Yeah. But it's the posts that are online that it's like, I'm not working hard anymore. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm just kind of living in my soft girl era. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of feel like it's slightly disrespectful. Mm. I feel like as women, as human beings, but as women, we are naturally soft women, Mm -hmm. right? There are some women who are just not, but, but we're naturally made strong. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you can do great in this world that you don't have to be tough for. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have children. We bear, we bear the children. Mm-hmm. You absolutely have to be strong for that. Yeah. When you are in a significant and committed relationship, even if you are being fully provided for, and you are a soft life, stay-at-home mom, there is a level of strength that is required to play that supportive role, right? right? In all areas, I believe that there is is a place for strength. Mm -hmm. And to kind of like denounce strength. People Mm -hmm. are saying, no longer call me strong black woman. Why? What Mm -hmm. do you mean, right? Mm -hmm. Strength is required to get through this life. Mm -hmm. The opposite of strong is weak. Mm -hmm. I'm not weak. The opposite of strong is not soft yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's true yeah I mean I think you know since the phrasing is like you know soft girl era I think it is like when I think of era I do think of like a season and mm-hmm. I think everybody has their season where they're like I gave you children I did the cooking I did the cleaning I worked the nine-to-five I was underappreciated like yeah. f all of y'all everybody should be serving me now so I yeah. can understand it I think it's like we do have to understand that it's seasons yeah it's definitely seasons and it can't just be a constant
1: because let me just tell you this this soft girl life the way some of y'all are talking about it you're gonna be broke as you know what all right and you just, you just, are. Do you, what do you th- like? Oh yeah. Cause you're be broke that's I was at.
2: like, I have to cancel it because <laughs> I don't even know
1: if I can afford soft girl life anymore. I'm like,
2: afford. I spent like $400,000 to live my soft girl <laughs> yes, life, like yes. delegating everything. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There is going to, and, and not to confuse what should be happening. Like. In your life, there shall be enjoyable moments, like yeah. enjoyable moments for sure. And I believe those moments should come every single day. Mm-hmm. I believe that there's a healthy mix of strength and softness that's required yes. to live a complete and balanced life. Yeah. And let's look for that. Not look for because now and, and then here's the other thing. So you're single. Mm-hmm. OK, we're both single women. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you'll hear or you'll see online from these relationship gurus, like everybody can start a podcast. Everybody can start a podcast (laughs) and become a guru of some sort. Right. Uh Um, But you hear now these relationship gurus who say who who are who are committed to telling us what kind of woman they don't want. Mm. Nobody wants a woman who's a boss and nobody Mm -hmm. wants this Mm -hmm. successful woman. No man cares about your accolades. I don't really know that men care a whole lot about your accolades more than they do feeling needed and respected. 100%.
2: 1 million percent agree.
1: But the men that are in my circle... They appreciate an accolade or two. Mm, Right. They are appreciating some accolades. They don't care that you're wealthy. None of that stuff. But the point that I want to make is that. If I had gotten married in my 20s, it would look very different for me today. Yeah. And the reason that I think we are both here right now is out of necessity Like, what do you do? Otherwise, do we just sit there and live a very, very mediocre lifestyle? (laughs) Like, what am I
0: supposed to do?
2: (laughs) Right, right. Imagine we've been living like soft life since our 20s. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, I mean, it's like I got to do some stuff for myself. And I feel really proud of the hard work that I've done. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how you're saying some people kind of think maybe soft life is denouncing the hard work, like the hard work. It sounds very cliche, but the hard work is what develops you, develops your character. Like, Mm. I know so much about myself because of the challenging things that I put myself through. And that's why, like, for me, I'm like, I can't anymore. Like, I have not challenged myself in the way that I need to. And that's why I feel, you know, sometimes like lost and confused because I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I think for me, like. I've proved to myself that I can make money. Mm -hmm. I've proved to myself that I can hire. I've proved to myself that I can work on being a better leader. It's like, okay, but what else? I have to consistently challenge myself to continue learning about myself and grow and feel a sense of fulfillment.
1: What's something profound that you believe you learned about yourself in the last year? hey hey, you guys it's your girl donnie wiggins co-host of the social proof podcast and did you know that we had a members only exclusive community yes you are able to access david and i on a monthly basis for live q a you are also able to get our episodes before it drops to the general public you will also get exclusive discounts on our merch take a look And not only that, you're going to get the -the behind-the-scenes footage of what it looks like on Social Proof. I'm talking about our bloopers, David and I as CEOs operating our business. You'll even get behind-the-scenes of some of our successful friends. And you get access to this from $5 to $40. You choose your membership access, general admission, family admission, or VIP. We cannot wait to see you on the inside. Click the link in either my bio, the bio of the Social Proof Podcast Instagram page, or go over to David's page, Sleep is for Suckers, and hit the bio there. Any way you access it, access it. We'll see you on the inside.
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Let me go back to my therapy notes. First of all, thank God for therapy. I've been doing it consistently for, I think, maybe like 16 months now. Yeah. Um... Learning about, like, a fear of rejection. Mm. That's been very interesting. Learning a lot about myself as a people pleaser and how that can make me not a good leader mm-hmm. and not even a good coach, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of my one of my uh, love languages is words of affirmation. So I always want to pour into people. I love encouraging women. And I think that's why my brand is is the way that it is encouraging women. But Mm -hmm. I also have to find this balance of, I can't always prioritize people's feelings because I also need to prioritize their future. Mm. And when I'm prioritizing their feelings and when, you know, telling them what they want to hear, that could be a detriment to their future because I need to tell them what they need to know to better their future.
1: Yeah. So in this space of business coaching, um, you're one of the only other women That uh, I tell you all the time, like when my team gets sales calls in, sometimes I'll see your name pop up like, Mm -hmm. uh, have you ever had business coaching or have are you looking at any other coach Uh and your name will pop up? But I think what you and I have in common is that ability to just be really direct, Mm -hmm. very direct, but in a very nurturing and loving way, because. There are so many people out there that will just kind of tell you what you want to hear. They're more concerned Mm -hmm. about your feelings, like you said, and we're really focused on future. How do you feel? um, How do you how do you think your clients feel about do you ever tell them, like, I can't care about your feelings today? This is about your future. Mm,
2: I don't really, I don't say that or preface my advice with that. I think they just know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where like having consistent content comes into play. Like they can kind of tell my personality before hiring me. So yeah. And I think, I think it's with everybody. It's like, it might not feel good in the moment, but if you are a person who prioritizes getting better, Mm -hmm. you can get over that Mm -hmm. and you're going to appreciate getting the truth And so I think like, you know, something that I've wanted to also prioritize is prioritize being kind over prioritizing being nice. Mm. And to me, niceness is about people pleasing, is about seeming nice and saying the right things. And kindness is about being honest. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to tell you the truth and I'm going to deliver it in love, but when you're kind, you're being honest, and you're telling people what they need to hear.
1: Mm, I like that. Have you always been that person?
2: No, not at all. No? I've, I've prioritized that more, with I'd say, the last one or two years.
1: What made you make that a priority?
2: Because I realized that being nice and being a people pleaser is dishonest. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because, again, like I used to... Anything that I would say to somebody, I would prioritize what sounds good and what will make them feel good versus what is the truth. Mm. And I recognize, like, I'm not being honest. And I saw how damaging that was to my relationships. I saw how damaging it was, my like, romantic relationships, relationships with my clients, relationships with people that I really care about. And I'm like, I got to be honest with the people that I love.
1: Yeah. Being honest with people is necessary, but it's not always easy.
2: Yeah. That's something I, I learned from you, though. Like, you are very honest. And it makes me laugh because <laughs> you're just so hilarious, especially with your delivery. Like, even before this, like, giving you the protein shake, you're like, this is
1: terrible. This is awful. This Y'all, before <laughs> um, before we started, I'm over here. I'm, like, fresh off of a fast. I've just been eating now for, like, two days, right? Mm. So my stomach is only, I went seven days without any food, just mm. all juice and water. My stomach, I guess, maybe has shrunk and I'm only able to eat like a piece of a meal a day. Yeah. And so before we get started, I'm like, oh, my God, the level of hunger that I'm experiencing is next level. And Maya's like, oh, have some of my half drank protein shake. (laughs) I didn't know I drank some of it. (laughs) And um, I taste it and she's like, how is it? Is it delicious? I'm like, this is terrible. (laughs) That's so funny. <laughs> it tastes terrible, but I finished every single drop of good it job. because I was so hungry. And she's like, well, what do you normally have in your protein shakes? I'm like, actual ingredients. Actual <laughs> Listen, ingredients. Me and my
2: little powdered protein, we good over <laughs> we're here. We're going to upgrade your protein. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. Because
1: thanks. we're getting ready for, um, we're so we talked, was it at the very beginning of this year in Charlotte or at the end of last year? What? That we were in Charlotte together.
2: That was the end of last year.
1: Okay. So at the end of last year, you guys, um, we were in Charlotte together, Maya, I, myself, and a few other entrepreneurs got together and we decided that this year is our $5 million year. Mm -hmm. This is our $5 million year, but it's not really about selling products or services to get to that $5 million. Mm -hmm. Right. I learned that in the journey to a million dollars. Yeah. It's not really about the products and services, What happens is there has to be some type of shift Mm -hmm. that you're willing to experience or put yourself through. And this shift has more to do with discipline than anything else. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a test of discipline. Absolutely. Which was a part of my fast. My fast was a spiritual Mm. fast. But your girl, you guys, has me running a 5K. (laughs) (laughs) through somebody's mud. Oh my god! We're doing the, what's it called? Tough Mudder. We're doing the Tough Mudder race. Yes. Why are we doing this? We are doing this to challenge
2: ourselves. So as I mentioned, I love sitting on my couch and watching TV. And I have been binge watching this show called The challenge, it's 38 seasons. It's one of, I think, MTV's longest running reality shows. Mm -hmm. And so it's a competition show. And I'm seeing all of these people do these physical things. And I'm sitting on my couch judging these people. Like, oh, you could have ran that extra mile. You could have done this. And it's like, girl, girl. You ain't even seen your trainer in four months. months. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a runner again. That was like one of my New Year's resolutions. And then I met up with uh, one of my friends and she's like, I'm going to do Tough Mudder. And I just told you about it. Actually, it was Kyle because he's a runner. Yeah. And I was like, we're all doing Tough Mudder.
1: Well, Kyle, for clarity, runs marathons (laughs) and I am way out of my league. I can barely run three miles on the treadmill
2: That's different. I feel like it's harder on the treadmill. I don't know. Outside, you're getting like a breeze. You can go downhill. You'll do a little bit of uphill. So it's going to be fun. It's
1: going to be fun. You see the excitement on my face right now? I'm so so excited. But but I accepted the challenge. Like, um, I am going to finish the race. I think they give us 45 minutes to complete this three. I think it ends up being three miles. Yep, 3.1 miles. 3.1 miles. They give us 45 minutes. I don't know that I am physically fit for Gosh. it. I work out, but what I have learned about working out is like weight training is not endurance training. Mm. So now this month we are incorporating um, some endurance training, a whole lot more cardio. Yeah. I stayed away from cardio because I felt like it took just dropped my weight significantly. Yeah. But in order to not be completely embarrassed yeah. when we do this run, I'm going to have to step it up. But I took the challenge because... When you're believing something so big, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to make equally big sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like a, I hate running.
2: Really? What? I think you're going to kill it.
1: Oh, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. I'm going to kill it. Yeah. I am. I'm telling myself that in real time as we speak because yesterday, I think I just registered for it. Was it yesterday?
2: Yeah, we all registered yesterday. You're going to make $1 million per kilometer. Ooh! Yes. <laughs>
1: Say that. $1 million per kilometer. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So what are you doing differently um, this year to hit that $5 million mark?
2: Mm. Well, so where are we
1: going from, if you don't mind sharing that, we're going from what mark to the $5 million mark? From one to two, back to one, mm-hmm. up to five. Okay, so we're from one to two. So just for clarity, this is what she's done over the years. One to two, back to one, Mm -hmm. soft girl. And now we're going, there really is a consequence. There is a
2: consequence. You know what? I didn't profit in revenue from the previous year, but I profited in in time. Okay. So, you know, it was worth it, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm like, I want the money as well. I want the money.
1: Like, we'll figure out what to do in time once we get the money. Like, we can... We can, figure yeah. I mean, up. the soft girl era is going to come back. It's going to. come back. She's just taking a little well, break. Well, and it's just a very, very small break. Yeah, yeah. I want you to. I really want you to commit to the a soft moment of every day. For sure. Every yeah. single day, having a soft moment. Yes,
2: I can definitely do that. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about what that what that looks like for you, but before we do that, what are you doing differently to go from one to five?
2: Um. Actually, so. Going back to discipline, I think just waking up, reading more physical books, reading more audio books, it's not like, oh, reading more books automatically makes you rich. It's just being intentional about stretching yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I also learned is, you know, a, a lot of the things that try to take me out previously it's because I just wasn't prepared for it it's like was it really that bad or were you just not mentally prepared for it you know so I think just mentally preparing myself getting back to journaling prayer all of that yeah and selling things that I'm very excited about Mm -hmm. it's not that I wasn't excited about my previous offers it's just that um because again I had delegated so many of the things I was excited about I was like huh Whatever I'll do the sales call or delegate somebody else doing the sales call. So, I think as a like a practical thing, I'll be doing more of my own sales
1: mm-hmm.
2: and going back to selling more expensive things. I think I'd, I, I went from selling ten to twenty thousand dollar offers to then five and ten, and I was like,
1: why did I do that? Wow. we're going back? We're going. We're back. going
2: back up. So, yeah.
1: I, I we were talking about that um, a month ago when we had dinner in Charlotte, mm-hmm. and I too am getting back on the phone and it's not even out of necessity, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: not, not financially. Right. Right. But it's, I need stuff to do. (laughs) So I have my season. So like this week, next week I'm slammed. I'm super busy. So there Mm -hmm. is no room for sales calls on my calendar, but there are just things that I love to do. Mm -hmm. And talking to people because a sales call is not just a sales call. You're actually learning about yes. people and their needs. Yeah. And uh, if you do sales calls in your business, it's a great place to do market research. So you understand yes. what you should be creating or what you should be laying off of. And it's the, it's that stage of like being in re, it's the learning stage for me. Yeah. That's so freaking exciting. So one I'm going to be percent. back on those calls. Yeah. Um, But I need everybody to catch this y'all. Okay. We have
2: built seven figure companies and Mm -hmm. we still desire to get on sales calls to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: To learn. And there are people that are six months in business and they're trying to quickly scale and avoid sales calls. Stop
1: trying to avoid the things that's going to make you better. So whenever you book a call with my team, you have to fill out an application. Right. And I'll occasionally go and look at those applications and I'll see you guys like put your Instagram and your website and it, it, you know, on that application, it asks you what you believe, what you believe Mm
2: -hmm.
1: your coaching needs are, what you believe your coaching needs are because 90% of the time, what your coaching needs actually are, aren't what you believe (laughs) your coaching needs are. So it'll ask that. And everybody is saying, you know, SOPs and automation and delegation And I'm looking at your website. You're not ready. We're not ready. I'm looking at your social media. There's no consistency. You're you have to actually earn the ability to delegate and automate and systematize. Mm. Um, One thing that I know that I did, um, you and I probably both. I don't know that I delegated too quickly in my business. I think Mm -hmm. I was a DIYer for far too long.
2: Mm, In my business,
1: I did everything like literally up until 2020. Mm, I pretty much did everything. Right. And in terms of this coaching space, I've been here um, full time since 2014, but since 2012. Yeah. So I think I paid my dues on the DIY. Mm -hmm. But what happened was once your girl learned like automation, it was a totally different story. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was I started to automate everything in my business, and then I ran out of things for my team to do, right and it's like I'm paying people to I have nothing for you to do so many so many
2: entrepreneurs went through that this year mm-hmm. one of one of my friends, you know five million she's like, I had to kind of downsize my team, another friend eight million, she's like, I had to downsize my team like what are y'all doing? yeah. And, I mean, that's obviously our responsibility. We're the ones who hire them yeah. thinking they would have stuff to yeah. do. And Well, at the
1: time, I yeah, had I mean, stuff I for you the, to do. Yeah, I know. But, like,
2: the system's got too damn good. The
1: system's got so freaking good. Yeah, yeah. And I want to, so my longest-term employee that I have working for me now is going into his third year, mm. working with me. And what are we doing, for real? Because... I have automated your entire job. But Mm. what that means is to me, because I have a very small team, there's Mm -hmm. only four of us, right? One, two, three, four, five of us. Yeah. Um, I just brought someone else on. There's five of us and I want it that way. So ultimately my big picture thinking, I don't see myself. I don't believe I need more than 10 people at the biggest that I want to build my business. Mm. Maybe some people who are working in, you know, in project format or, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But I feel like I can really get done what I need to get done with a team of 10. Yeah. Um. Right now we're really great at five mm-hmm. on my visual for 2023. I didn't really do a vision board, so I won't say that, but mm-hmm. I did write out all of, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. And I did say that I, I needed six team members. Right. Okay. I don't feel like I need to downsize my team because there's yeah. only five. I feel yeah. like I need to create more and mm. so people will have more to do. I feel like I am overlooking the obvious work that I need to do next to kind of bring more business and more more responsibilities into the company mm. so so he and others will have something to do. I know. That's a scary position to be in as a leader. Yeah. And I
2: think, you know, when I was talking about, oh, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm very new to being a seven-figure CEO. It's like learning even those things, like having to lead other people. It's so much pressure you Mm -hmm. get on the team meeting. And I'm like, I hope they have something to talk about. I ain't got nothing to talk
1: about. Yeah. I don't be having anything to talk about. So we have a (laughs) weekly team meeting every single week. Yes. And I told Kyle, like, listen, this is your thing. You run it. Y'all talk. Um, What we do on a team meeting, what I do like to do is start off with a win. So just give me a win that you've had in business. Um, even in your personal life, just give mm-hmm. me something positive. Every single call, just getting in the habit of of celebrating okay. big wins or small wins. Yeah. And then obviously it's the do you need anything for me. I yep. just learned, I don't know who I learned this from, but I just heard yesterday, in fact, that I read it somewhere, that on your team meetings, you should actually be the last person to speak. Oh, Mm -hmm. I like that. I like it, too. I like it very much. So get on. And and in my mind now, if we're doing these perfect team meetings, you get on and you welcome everybody because I kind of want that family feel. Yeah. But that family feel has also been very dangerous. That's that is dangerous. It is dangerous.
2: I think maybe a welcoming feel.
1: Welcoming family. Yeah. A welcoming feel. I like the way you put that. So we get on these team calls now and we welcome our team. Hey, yeah, everybody, like blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then you pass it off yeah. to whoever the the team call leader is, right? Yeah. And then you hear everybody's feedback. Yeah, And this works if you have, like, KPI reports, right? Yeah. Where you're measuring and monitoring performance. So every department has... Uh, their metrics that they need to monitor yep. and those reports are filled out in advance. That's kind of what we're moving toward now Okay, um, where the, the metrics are filled out in advance and the team call is more of a review. Mm-hmm. It's either a celebration yeah. of the goal being hit of the target being hit, or it's a question about why we fell short. Yeah. And then I come in where I need to come in. Yeah. Right. But if I'm being totally honest in full transparency, I'd be skipping the heck out of my team meetings.
2: How do you skip your team meetings? I'd be like, how
1: you got it today? Because again, this is the danger of automation, having your systems, be having so good. your systems be so good. Like nothing comes up on our, we may have a customer service issue, you know, yeah. that has already been resolved. It's just being brought to the table. So nothing comes up, but, um, I'm also in the stage now, like we've just added the podcast, this uh, this podcast mm-hmm. to, um, what is it? It's not my offers, but it, it, it's been added to the business model. Yeah. Um, so there will be conversation that needs to happen around it. Yeah. Um, and I have different partnerships that are happening. Yeah. I don't ever run into the top of the year, like going super crazy hard. Yeah. I like to ease into the year, kind of get it. You yeah. know, I like to be steady. I don't really like, um, I don't like the pressure. Mm -hmm. It's not my preference to build my business under the pressure. Like some people build their business uh, knowing that January is going to be a a big, a big month. And then Mm. they build for black Friday and then they build for Christmas. Mm. I'd prefer like just a steady and consistent flow all year. Gotcha. I think that's sustainable business.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think every business is different. Like we know, our quarter one is usually just our best because of Impact Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the study, it, it kind of brings that security and comfort as well. So yeah. I think it, it just really depends what your preference is. Like you can build your business any way you want any and way. be successful. Yeah. But, you know, it's actually a good thing that you're not that involved on the team meetings because it's like, isn't that the point, though?
1: That is the point. So the ultimate goal of a CEO is to yeah. replace yourself, right? Hundred percent. The ultimate goal is to replace yourself, but you know, and again, we're first generation everything. Yeah, really. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. So I want to, I want to duplicate myself, but I'm not yet at the place where I want to replace. Myself. Like right. I still want my ear to the streets. I still want to know what's going on. Like when things happen in my company and I have to like hear other people talking about right. it, I'd be like, Why didn't I know? Yeah. Why didn't anybody put fill me in?
2: Right. I feel the right. way.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got to a point where I was like, if anybody wants to buy me out, I will be the COO of my company. Somebody else could step in and be the CEO. Would you?
1: Right Probably. now, today. Today.
2: I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. But I will say it's not because I don't love my company. The CEO is usually the is the person that sets the vision, sure. right? And then the COO is the person that ensures that the vision comes to fruition. Yes. They integrate. They do the work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure it gets done. It mm-hmm. drives me crazy when deadlines aren't met, when things aren't getting Same. done. And I am not that great at vision, Mm. So it's a little bit challenging. I just want you tell me what you want done and I can create a system to make it happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit of both. Um, so obviously we both were at traction. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and you usually have a person who operates either as a CEO or a COO. But I think the number is like 13 percent of business owners can yeah. kind of fit in that yeah. group of both. And I do very, very well at both. The thing is, I'm such a visionary um, that I can often get overwhelmed sometimes with acting as an integrator or as an op- as an operator yeah. uh, to get these things done. Yeah. And so I have like in my phone this list of all these visions that I've I've seen and I've thought through. Yeah. But it's not getting done because I'm doing so much. I'm taking on so much and I have to be careful of that. That's one of the things that I'm really being careful about this year. Yeah, It's kind of easing like this podcast, for those of you who are watching, this is like six months in the making mm. of David saying, do the podcast. And I'm like, oh, okay, next week and next week and next week. And I literally came into the studio to film regular content. Yeah. And my videographer shout, shout out to Ryan. Um, he said, we're going to film your podcast today. You look, you look nice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're not, though. And he's like, but we are. And then the next thing I know, they were breaking down the set and putting yeah. things up. And so that's like that. If if my assistant operated at that level, we probably get more done. Mm. Right. We probably I don't have I don't have anybody on my team yet that and it's probably because. I don't micromanage my team, and yeah, but I don't either. have anybody on my team yet that's like, no, Donnie, get it done. Yeah, like that's comfortable saying. I know you're I know. the boss. Give but them permission. Get it done. I'm giving somebody permission. Give them permission. They're probably scared. You think? Probably.
2: You think? Just give them permission. Do and you test have it anybody
1: up. on your team that's like, no, Maya, this has to get done today. Like, I need to sit you down right now and get this done.
2: Um. Sometimes my assistant is like that. But I usually tell my team, like, hey, remind me in two days. We'll get it done or whatever. Um, And sometimes they don't have to because, again, I'm the integrator side. I don't get lost in the vision. Mm -hmm. But there are some times where my sister will come in the office and be like, hey, we – like." you got all these bills or you have all this mail or whatever. It's like, we're getting it done right now. So that is helpful. Just, I think that's why I like having the in-person assistant. That's like literally in my house.
1: Mm, So that is a big transition that I made this year. Mm. So my assistant that I've recently hired has to work with me in person. Yeah. But I've also one step further than that. I've made the decision that, My team just has to be in person like Mm. by summer this year. My goal, one of my goals is to have my whole team working in house. Yeah, Uh, I'm on the fence about the sales team, but I just think back to like corporate America And what I did at a very high level as an executive in corporate America, Mm. like I remember walking into the office and you could feel the pulse of the company because you're walking into that environment. You can say, hey guys, let's huddle up real quick. Let's have a meeting. And the energy is just so different than meeting with people on Zoom. And I think that's a struggle for me. I Mm -hmm. think I, 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 not even, I think I know I need the energy and I have been working so hard over the last two years since, you know, all the shutdown and stuff to duplicate and recreate that yeah. energy virtually. Yeah. And it's just not happening.
2: Yeah. Was it you that I was talking to where we we're talking about like team members being on zoom with their video off? And yeah. like, what Go, are you what doing? are you doing?
1: What are you doing? What's happening? Why are we off? <laughs> and the thing is like what, what I struggle with is repeating myself. Uh, and yeah. so I've already said, Hey, like I feel like we only meet once a week. Yeah. Put the camera on like, It's one hour. It's one hour. Yeah. One day a week. Right. And again, you know, I I, but at the same time, I think about when I'm building my team and things are just becoming clearer and clearer for me. Yeah. When I am building my team, I try to think about and creating my company policies and everything. Yeah. I try to think about what parts of corporate America. I just hate it. Yeah. And I don't want to do that in my company. Right. But as I am doing that, I'm beginning to understand why yes. certain things were in place. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it's funny because you know there's obviously some toxicity in in um, corporate America, but when I tell you the best employees are the ones who have endured that toxicity, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's
1: something right is going on. Something over there. right is going on. There will, in my experience, there's only a very small percentage of people. Who you will interview and hire that will do a phenomenal job if they have no corporate experience whatsoever. And typically it's because that person is probably of the entrepreneur mindset. Yeah. And I also made the decision this year that I'm not hiring any more entrepreneurs. Yeah. I struggled with that. Hey, hey, are you a service based entrepreneur that helps your clients or customers get some type of result? but you're struggling to post and communicate your message on social media. You don't know how to type a caption that connects and gets people's attention and converts them from just someone who's following you on social to becoming your customer or your client.
2: But it's hard because some people will also say that they're not interested in it, but then they're inspired by us. They're inspired
1: by you. And so have you ever worked in corporate? No. Well, I I was like an intern one time. Mm -hmm. An intern one time. (laughs) (laughs) I was like an intern one time. Girl, I worked, okay? I worked in corporate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like an intern one time. Uh, <laughs> you people make me sick, okay? I love it. All right. That's probably why you're all soft life over there, because your girl was working hard. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your girl yeah. was working hard. So I worked, um, I believe I started working at 15 years old, maybe at Six Flags or Learners oh, and okay. all. One of them were my first job. But I worked all the way into my 30s, late okay. 30s. And or mid thirties. And um, what I have learned is people. So people hate their jobs. Just like there are some people who love and adore their jobs. People hate their jobs. And it is really important to me to create an environment like I need. If I feel like you don't love your job, I don't want you on my team. 100%. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I want people to love what they're doing.
1: You have to love what you're doing. But when you, so when you were saying that they start to develop a relationship and they get close and they see what you're doing and they're inspired. Mm -hmm. I think about every corporate job that I've had. And there was only one job that I got to talk to like the owner. The actual Mm. founder owner. Yeah. I, you know, I I was, I was always a leader in the company who reported to a leader, Yeah, but the actual owner, like you Mm. very infrequently see the owner and I can remember he was a developer Mm. and, um, of this project that this property management project that I was selling. And I will say that working with him and I engaged with him weekly, he would fly in to our office every single week for numbers and updates and team meetings mm-hmm. he'd fly in and I remember looking at him like I wanted to be just like him I want it. oh wow this is so cool I want to do this like mm. he would fly in with his dog and his small son at the time and he'd land his helicopter on the helipad on the top of the building and they'd be just making a stop for the team meeting real quick before they were heading over like to Hawaii to vacation wow. and I'm like I want that Life, yeah, but when I think about any of my just supervisors and managers, I never desired to live their lives, mm-hmm. so I get it, right? Yeah, and now we're we have to, but 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 it also explains why there is so much separation between yeah. staff and owner, yeah. Um, and again, we don't have a manual, yeah, for this. Because did you feel like you wanted that life before seeing it? So I knew always that I wanted a a life of significance. I knew that I wanted a luxurious life, but I didn't know that life looked like that. Right. And then you got to
2: see it every single week. And then I got to
1: see it every week. And I'm like, this is fly.
2: I know this is super
1: fly. Like you're either flying private and landing at the the private airport, or you're landing. Like if you're in a rush, you're landing on the helipad up top. And I'm like, this is sexy. And for me at that time as a young mom, It really made a significant difference to me, too, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I was I was that person who was who had to ask permission to, like, attend my daughter's important school moments. Mm. And I knew early on that that was a problem. Yeah. So when I saw but I didn't know what what the picture of success in terms of a being a parent and a boss Mm. and a leisure woman looked like, right? Yeah. And it was through him that I was like, oh, this is fly. Yeah, because he going had for his that. kid and the dog. He had his kid and the dog. Yeah. All y'all were on that helicopter. <laughs> right, right. That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Did you ever
2: want that for, like, anybody on your team? Because I remember one of my clients saying, because I, I feel like I've kind of wanted this as well. Like, I've wanted my team to, like, you know, dabble in entrepreneurship. Like Mm -hmm. you're not going to be the boss, but you're going to be the boss of your department or your role or whatever, which I do think is healthy. But I remember one of my clients saying like, you know, she wanted her assistant to have like more freedom and all that stuff. And I'm like, I get it because that's your natural thing. That's what you teach women, soft life manifest, Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. all those things. And I'm like, we do have to be very cognizant of how we communicate that with our team. Because I'm like, at the same time, you're, your team or your assistant—they're not making the same sacrifices, and they don't have to take take the same risks as you do as the CEO and as the yeah. entrepreneur.
1: So you know what's interesting when you're talking about sacrifice and risk. I have to make this post, and I'm going to make it today. But um, I went through—I hired David Shanz's assistant, mm-hmm. Kaylin. She's great, mm-hmm. but I went through like 40 applications. Mm-hmm. And then I went through a season of hiring my own assistant before I hired somebody who was right there all along. And I was just thinking, I had the most random, the most random thought in the shower this morning that employees today want to be paid like CEOs. There's a yeah. problem. So I looked at um, some of the salary. You know, you ask what's your salary requirements. And on those, for, for a personal assistant, people were saying things like $250,000, um, $90,000 even. And I said, well, am I so out of touch with salary, like what's standard in, in the mm-hmm. world of salaries today? That Right. But what what makes you think that this is okay? And you're like, had never been an assistant before. Maybe you had mm-hmm. a job somewhere or whatever, um, we got to really be careful. So I know that David and I before have been really guilty of paying our team, like they're entrepreneurs, the overpaying, the over. That's one of the things.
2: Yeah. You know, learning that as a seven figure CEO and as a new leader, you Mm -hmm. want to make people feel like they're valued Yeah, and you do that through overpaying. I've definitely done it. Yeah.
1: You, you overpay, but it's really important that we don't, do that and I hate saying it out loud so when I owned a clothing store um, I owned some clothing stores like 2010 to 2012 and initially I had a business partner so we always worked together but then she separated from the company and I had to hire Mm -hmm. and I remember hiring people who worked in my store because I still had a full-time job So I was working a full time job while owning these stores because this is coming on the back end of that moment where I lost everything. So I was afraid of one income. And at that time, to me, protecting my income, me meant having my business and having a job. Right. I was still in that mindset. So anyway, I started to hire people and I would tell them. Do you have a desire? I would ask them, do you have a desire to be an entrepreneur? Because it's really important that if you're working for me, that you have these goals and this big vision and you want to be your own boss one day. Yeah. yeah. Turnover was insane mm. because they would come and they would see this young black woman who's successfully running this business and holding it down. And they immediately want it. They want it for themselves. And they are there for three months before they know all my vendors. They know how to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. They know all my processes and they're out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're in this place. I advocate for entrepreneurship so much, but I need some employees to build my team. Right, right. (laughs) Right. I I
2: know it's such an interesting balance. And I think, like, you know, there's also responsibility for us because, you know, I don't know if when I say us, I don't mean me and you, but also like entrepreneurs and CEOs. The same way that there are some employees that want to get paid like the CEO, Mm -hmm. there are some bosses that want the employees to work as hard as the CEO. Yeah. And it's like, where is that balance of like, I need you to work hard. I
1: need you to be committed. See, you've never worked in corporate America at a high level, at any level, really, but especially at a high level. And the, the overall feeling, the reason why so many people who are in corporate America desire to be their own boss is because you're often in an environment where you feel like you're doing all the work and you also feel smarter than and more qualified than your superiors. So that said, like, that's what happens. I I mean, that just kind of is like either you operate at a high level or you don't. Yeah. Right. You need to find some, some. People that worked more people that worked in corporate America that or um, an option is also to train, you know, a, a, a younger person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the option is to train a younger person. Like I think we have I think what we've done is created this space of flexibility freedom and lifestyle that everybody desires it now it's like the movie that's being played all over social media yeah and I think people have irresponsibly been made to believe or feel like uh having a job is a negative thing right right working is there's nothing wrong with working right 10%. 10%. just for clarity, my thought process is like I'm an advocate of entrepreneurship and prioritizing entrepreneurship for people who feel it in their soul mm-hmm. that they deserve more or want more or desire more. Yeah. But if you belong on somebody's job, everybody ain't cut out for entrepreneurship.
2: Right. Or it might just not be the season for it. Might not be the season. There's, you know. I haven't worked corporate, but I know that there's so much that I would have learned had I worked corporate. Mm-hmm. I had to figure a lot of things out because I didn't know how to run a business, what employees should even be doing. I didn't even know like what paychecks were supposed to look like, how benefits worked, none of those things because yeah. I did not work in corporate.
1: Do you offer benefits to your team now?
2: Now I don't. When I I had a full time employee. That I did because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And it's like, girl, your company makes a little over a million dollars. Yeah. Like, what are you going to benefit
1: for? What yeah. So it's first like, I all, didn't know. Did did it take, like, when you made a million dollars, did, did you, like, say to yourself, where in the hell is the money? No, because that year it was, it was really profitable. Okay. The first year and second year was really profitable. That's true. My my first year at Seven Figures was extremely profitable. actually every year was profitable. But what happens is because your time, your, your years are profitable or your business is profitable. You start now thinking about all of these opportunities for expansion and development, oh, right. Yeah. And growth. Mm-hmm. And so you sit down and you start putting the budget together and you're like, I'm going to hire this person and I'm going to do oh, that. and We're sure. going to expand here. We're going to have our offices here and all yeah. the bright lights. Oh, and, yeah. and then you're like, Oh, the million dollars don't go as far as, as I thought. Yeah. As I thought.
2: Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, I would think that having more people meant I was going to make more money. Yeah. And that's not how the math worked out for me. The math did yeah. math that way? The math, unfortunately, was not math. It does, so. so,
1: who do you have? What positions do you have on your team right now?
2: Yeah, so I have my programs manager who is really like my right hand. She's amazing. She's really, really solid, and she helps me to run the programs, which of course is the most important part because that's our bread and butter. Um, and she helps me. She helps with uh, Impact Weekend as well. And then I have a um, a virtual assistant who helps with the operations. Okay. Formerly that position was operations manager but i think it just needs to be a va for right now (laughs) and then i have another uh virtual assistant who is really really good at the tech stuff and working in our crm setting up the landing pages all of that um i would say actually those are the four like most consistent people and then of course i had my coaches but when we stopped doing the coaching programs they're like On and off whenever we have the programs or whenever we have Mm -hmm. Impact Weekend. Okay. And then my content manager who runs my social and comes up with all of the uh, content ideas for Built to Impact.
1: That is the number one area that I have struggled in in my business is Mm -hmm. delegating someone to run my social media. It's challenging. I'm so in it. Mm -hmm. And it's also super challenging for me because I'm so good at it. Yeah. I'm really, really great. I know my angles. I know what my audience wants to see. Yeah. And I write the hell out of some captions. Right. right? Yeah. And so nobody ever does it like me. Yeah. And if you don't do it like me, then you just can't do it mm-hmm. in that area specifically because so much of my business relies on that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I just hadn't I struggle in that area yeah. so much.
2: Yeah, and sh- she runs the business account. She doesn't run my personal, but I think that is challenging, Like, especially if you're somebody who's good at messaging, mm-hmm. which you are, um, and you're good at connecting with your audience, mm-hmm. which you are. It makes it challenging because sometimes you hire these social media managers and it's like, this caption is so generic. Nobody talks like this. Nobody talks, Nobody talks, like, talks this. like this. So you really do have to have somebody that just gets it. Yeah, for that sure. Just gets it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, where are you struggling most in your business right now? Um, Let's see. Where am I struggling
2: most in business? I would say, I don't know if I would position it as struggling, but I would say just looking forward to getting the programs back up because it's like, we're not getting clients because we haven't opened up spots for clients. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that we need to get on the ball with. It's like, well, we sold all the tickets for Impact Weekend, so we need additional revenue, which would be our coaching programs.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any concerns or worries, like, in terms of hitting your target? Is there anything that you're, like, sleep going to bed at night, you're thinking about, like, I don't know.
2: Oh, about hitting the 5000000 million? Mm-hmm. I don't have concerns, but it doesn't mean that I have it all the way figured out. Mm. But I generally, generally, don't concern myself about money, like around money. I mm-hmm. don't usually get stressed about money. Um, I've never, like, I think there's some people who have like trauma around money because maybe they've experienced like you know poverty. Me? And, yeah, girl. I, by the grace of God, haven't experienced that, so I don't. It's not a common. Fear Put the for camera me. on me
1: real quick. Once again, I hate you people. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> playing. <laughs> I have never experienced Oh, poverty. my You know, the, the cool thing is, though, that I'm glad that you haven't. Because so many people, people will connect with that. There are so many people who have not, and they don't know what their voice is in this generation of entrepreneurship because everybody's story is connected to some type of hardship or struggle. It's getting it out of the mud for everybody. And so they're trying to create this out of the mud story, you know, when their parents were driving foreign cars, when, you know, like it's not the same. Yeah, it is not the same. Yeah.
2: um, Yeah. I, I got it out the suburbs, guys. You got it out the I sub- got it out the suburbs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm 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 very, very fortunate. You know, my parents are immigrants, so I got to see them work hard. But, you know, by the grace of God, I've never, you know, lacked for any of my needs. So and money. I love money and I think it's great and I want to make a lot of it because it buys me freedom and it gets me all the things that I that I like. But um. It's not the thing that really gets me super excited. Mm. So I don't think that I go to sleep like, oh, my gosh. I think that, you know, I have had some feelings of anxiety around business to make sure that my team was happy to, of course, make sure I had enough money to consistently pay them. Um, I've had anxiety around, like, are my clients pleased? Am I doing the right thing in business? And I think that's the the people pleaser side of me. But I don't have that right now because we don't have a bunch of clients because the programs are closed.
1: Can I ask you a question that I know I hate it most? You might not. Okay. I want to see her face when I answer, if if you put it on. Oh, gosh. Both of us. Um, why somebody as pretty and smart as you single? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm going to throw my shoe at all of these cameras. But isn't that what they say, girl? Why are you so pretty and single? What does that even mean? What does does it mean? (laughs) (laughs) What? But I want to know, though. (laughs) Because I never know how to answer that question. I get so annoyed by that freaking question. Like, I get so annoyed. But I'm looking at you and I'm listening to you, and I'm just like, I want to get Maya married. Oh, my gosh. You know, one thing that I've learned. yeah I definitely want to be married yeah all right so one thing that you've learned I've learned
2: I think I do a way better job at this um Mm -hmm. that I would treat my relationships like business
1: yeah
2: and I'm like well because it just makes sense if my business is working like why would I not you know transfer these same habits and actions over to relationships but um I mean who there's That's such a loaded question. I've definitely learned a lot about myself. I'm 32 now, and I think I've spent the majority of my 20s wanting to be chosen, like wanting to be married, be in a relationship, and now in my 30s, I still desire that for sure, but I have way less desperation for it, and, Mm. you know, having a desire versus having a desperation, it's completely different. Very different. And I always say like desperation causes you to lose your discernment. Yeah. And so I was like, I would just date anybody like, can you give me babies? Do you have a job? What's your credit score? And do you believe that, you
1: know, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. I'm like right. that's pretty much bare it. minimum. Like I, the, the bare minimum. So bare minimum. There has been a point where the bar was just so low. Oh my gosh. The bar was just so freaking low. Yeah. And now you, and, and even as an accomplished woman, like the bar could still be sure. low yeah. at, at periods of time. So I think what I've, what I've learned um, in my journey of dating and my on again and off again situations mm-hmm. and just life in general is you got to love yourself so much and people hate, like I used to hate. Somebody told me that before, like you need to love yourself more when you ask questions, you know, you start to wonder I've never, I've never really experienced the, is there something wrong with me phase? Because Mm -hmm. my story is a little different. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter, my daughter's father and I were engaged to be married Mm. and we ended up calling that wedding off. And maybe two or three years later, he was married. He got married. And my daughter took it so hard. She was 10 mm. years old when he got married. And she took it so hard. She was so fine with him dating. In the beginning, it was a little rocky. But she yeah. grew over the years to just be really okay with him dating. Yeah. But the night before his wedding, she lost her shit. Mm. Like, Mommy, I just, you know, I thought... I never knew that she was secretly hoping mm. that we would get back together until the night before his wedding. And she just yeah. had such a major breakdown. And that night I promised and assured her that um, she's, you know, I asked her why, what, what do you want? What's missing? And she's just like, I just want our family. Um, you know, if, if this new person moves in here, it's going to be about them. It's not going to be about me anymore. It's mm. not just me and daddy. And so at that, that night I just assured her. You will never feel like that. Daddy is always going to be like, you're always going to be daddy's priority. And over here in our house is always going to be me and you. Yeah. So I spent much of my twenties and my very early thirties prioritizing my daughter, Mm. not wanting her to, I thought I was doing a really good thing. Mm. I did not want her to see her mom just dating. Mm-hmm. out in these streets. Mm-hmm. I didn't want her to see men coming in and out of my house. She's never seen that her whole life. She's yeah. never seen that. Um, I did not want her because I, I, I was so confused after that breakup with her father. I didn't know what kind of man that I wanted. And mm-hmm. I was becoming a different woman.
2: Yeah.
1: I was growing. Remember I, I, I we broke up, I lost everything maybe yeah. a year later and now I'm on into entrepreneurship and I'm becoming a woman that I just I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. So if I don't know who I am, I don't know who I want or what I want. And I didn't want to take her through that journey. And then as time would have it, social media just started to really grow and take off. And it became like our news outlet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what started happening for me as she started to get older, my daughter is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Right. And as she started to get older and develop, I started to see these stories on social media of women bringing boyfriends around their daughters and awful things happening Mm. and I'm like oh well I'm not doing that yeah and so now there's more time that I don't want to bring men around my daughter now I was dating and I was seeing people um but it was very part-time it was on the days that she was going to her dad's house Mm. and you know you can't come to my house and men especially when you have a child they're very skeptical about you saying you can't come to my house. Mm -hmm. So they're thinking, oh, you must still be sliding with your baby daddy and all of this stuff. And none of that was happening. I seriously, these are my rules. These are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work for most people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care more about it working for them than I did for about it working for my daughter. Mm -hmm. So I spent all that time being very unavailable, like Mm -hmm. desiring companionship but emotionally and mentally just understanding this self-imposed boundary that I had put in place. Yeah. Um, and so then when I finally started to prioritize relationship, uh, honestly, um, there was a moment like, like 2016, 2017 that I was really like, okay, I've proven to myself that I can do these things. Yeah. My daughter now is preparing to go to college Maybe I should start like really getting out of getting out there. So by the time she goes to college, I got me a man. Right. Mm-hmm. Because your kids get older and ladies don't do what I did like date, but date responsibly. Your kids get older, they get their own life and your little best friend now becomes little miss distant. Mm. And so then I just kind of went through this period like, dang, she got her own life. I don't have a man. I hadn't really dated seriously and with intention enough to even know what I want. So it started over for me in self-discovery. Yeah. Like, what do I really want in a relationship But what also happens is you create, and I want you to be very conscious of this, you create this happiness being by yourself.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, yeah.
1: You create this happiness of being by yourself where it almost is like, I am not one of those men who don't, I'm I'm not one of those women who don't need a man. I very much desire marriage, right? But there still is this space where it's like, you know what? I have discovered happiness all by myself. Yeah. I have discovered happiness um, and someone now has to come in and literally compliment my life, right? Yeah. Somebody yes. now has to come in and literally make, a, make it a space where I am happier with them than I was by myself. One trillion percent. And you start to learn this. And yeah. then you become, you're now this independent woman because you hadn't had a choice this whole time. You're like, I got to create a life. I'm never going to foreclose on my house again. I'm never going to get these cars repossessed mm. again. I'm never going to be broke again. Yeah. But because I'm not in a ma- mindset of dating, I have to do these things on my own. Yeah. So now people have to approach me differently yeah. and bring something different to the table. And it's not that I don't desire it. It's just certain things that, let me say this too, Maya. There's a whole lot of good men out here. Mm-hmm. There are. So this whole like story of especially we live in Atlanta and, you know, they don't want you and yeah. all of this shit's not true. Yeah, it just isn't um, every single day. Like there there's guys and, you know, everybody knows that I've been, you know, in a relationship on and, you know, just trying to figure that out. Yeah. And it's fine. Um, but every single day. And these are not men who just want to take you out or sleep with you. Mm. I don't, I don't know what your experience is, but there are so many amazing women and there are so many great men that finding the man isn't the issue. Yeah. That's not necessarily the issue. I needed to grow and become a con- the type of woman that was really clear on what I wanted because yeah. I am a one and done type of woman. Mm hmm if we're committed, we're committed. I'm fighting for this relationship. I am here with you. You know, we're, we're through the, and it has to be a situation that I want to do all that for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: my gosh. That's so much to unpack for sure. But I definitely agree with You know, when you build this life as a single person, Mm -hmm. it's easy to get comfortable in it, for sure. Because, like, well, if you come into my space, this is how I do things. And it's like, when it's two people, there has to be some level of compromise without devaluing your standards. And I think people need to understand what compromise looks like for you. Like, compromise is not being, like, hard and tough and rigid Mm -hmm. and super difficult. You have to understand, like, and who's worth compromising some things for. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, relationships are definitely... You know, they're they're really interesting. In my case, i I wasn't in a situation where I had to figure things out for myself. But it was like, I'm in my 20s. Like, I'm going to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I was annoyed with apartment living. I bought my house. I buy my car. It's, I'm an adult. I'm going to do adult things. These mm-hmm. are not things like, oh, I'm going to wait around for a husband to get a house. Like, yeah. no, I'm a human being who's an adult who needs to live somewhere. So I'm going to purchase But let my the home. internet
1: tell it. I, I literally saw one of these relationship gurus say, ladies, if you are single, don't buy your own house. Yeah, I've seen that. And it's like, <sighs> I just... Get out of here with what that broken energy. Like do. I'm, I'm not doing that. If you can't, just say that. Just raise your hand. Just say that.
2: <laughs> just say that. Right. <laughs> if
1: you want to go half of me, just say that. If you <laughs> want to split little 50-50, just say that. If you don't understand that we can rent this whole thing out and we can move into something fabulous together, just say that with that broken energy. Oh I just my. cannot. It drives me nuts. These gurus are just, these gurus, and don't have nobody's wife though. Don't have, or don't be nobody's faithful man. That
2: part. That part. So let's that just be part. mindful of who we're listening to on the Let's internet.
1: be mindful. You know, the easiest business to start right now <laughs> is in the relationship and dating space. <laughs> because there are so many people who are emotionally unstable oh and desperate in that space. So they are They're willing to listen to anything and everything. And that's kind of like, I never wanted to be that person. But, you know, I'm, because of what I thought was the right thing to do for my daughter early on, I learned very late. And even just recently, I discovered, like, who do you want to be as a wife? Mm -hmm. We make all of these lists and, you know, determinations about what we want in a husband that Few people actually say, "Well, this is who I desire to be as a wife." Mm-hmm. And then when you start becoming her, as I've learned, you will yeah. attract that guy. Trust me. Yeah, you will start to attract those men who want a woman like you. Yeah. But when you're just kind of out here living life and you really hadn't gotten clear on that, right? It'll be really difficult. Oh yeah. I think, at least in my experience, um yeah. To find what you're looking I for, I think if you're
2: out here just winging it, like how can you attract what you desire if you're not clear on yeah. what you desire? Yeah. And if you're wanting a husband or a partner, you do have to be clear on the type of partner that you want to be because you're wanting a marriage or you're wanting a partnership. And that takes two people. So having half of a
1: desire is not, you know, a clear desire. You have to be clear on that to attract it. You have to be super clear. Every time I get with you, I just feel like we can talk. And go on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. This is like our thing. And y'all, uh, Maya and I say every single time, well, I guess. I guess we, we kept it this time. This counts. We say at mo- once a month, we're going to do something. Yeah. We're going to get together once we're a month. We're always out of town. We are always out of times. town. Yeah. We're always out of town. We're always, you know, doing something. I guess for you, it hasn't been work. It hasn't been work.
2: I'm getting back into it though, guys. I'm getting back to work. It hasn't
1: been work. What's, what's your big, what's your big thing this year? What, what do you have to get done? And, And I'm not talking about the revenue goal, Yeah. but what do you see for yourself? And it just has to happen this year.
2: Um, what has to happen is I would say getting in amazing shape. Mm -hmm. I just I love looking good like it's vain it's whatever a lot of people be like oh I work out for my health and all of that like yeah yeah, I'm so grateful for health but I gotta look good yeah you think I'm going to the (laughs) trainer for him to abuse me for me to not look good at the end of it girl so getting in really great shape and being very clear and honest about the type of offers that I do want in my business and Mm -hmm. selling them like Mm -hmm. I think you were saying you know, at the beginning of this episode that you were starting to do things because of what the internet was saying. It's scalable, it's not mm-hmm. scalable, it's whatever. And it's like, I'm gonna listen to my voice. Yeah. Whatever feels really great for me mm-hmm. in my business is what I wanna do.
1: Yeah. No personal goals this year, nothing that has to happen for you.
2: Oh my gosh. Girl, what are you trying to she trying to I'm
1: trying to get the parent the transparent the transparency up full transparency, you. Mm-hmm. No personal No, goals. there's nothing that
2: has to happen cuz I can't really force What I've realized is I can't really force things for sure. fully with relationship. I think that was my issue. I used to try to control things with relationship and it's like again, there's two people. There's two people. You can only control what you do. So yeah. There's nothing. I'll be back for another episode. We'll do a part 2 in a we'll few We'll do a
1: part 2 and, and get really clear there. Yes. And, and then and then, y'all, what's going to happen is we're going to go to lunch or dinner and I'm going to get the real, real, real story. Yeah. Like, and you're going to get the real, real, real story. <laughs> from me, Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because everything can't be put out there for the world to see. But Maya, yep. it has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell me real quick before we go. How do you help entrepreneurs in your space? So I help
2: entrepreneurs by helping them get very clear on their messaging Mm -hmm. um, and communicating their value to their ideal client and then packaging that expertise into an offer. Mm -hmm. So usually a coaching program or an online course.
1: Yeah. And who's qualified to work with you?
2: The people who are qualified to work with me, you have had a minimum of five years of experience within your space. Um, you have to be an expert. You have to be really confident that you're good at your thing, but you just need help with the the marketing. And you have to want to make at least $10,000 a month.
1: That's good stuff. So for clarity, Maya does not work with beginners. But I believe there's going to be some information uh, in this video to figure out how to work with her. But how do we follow you right now?
2: Yep. So you can follow me at Maya Elias, M-A-Y-A-E-L-I-O-U-S. I always spell it out because people think it's maya sometimes. I did There's for like so two, many
1: years. So many people say that. I thought yeah. it was maya
2: yeah. yeah. But it's just maya Elias. Just
1: simple. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be like, maya That's yeah. cute. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, you guys. Well, this has been another incredible episode of Full Transparency with Donnie Wiggins. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in. Be sure to look in the description because I want to work with you. If you are an entrepreneur and you are looking for clarity in your concept, you want to start, grow, or scale your business, check the links in the description below so you can figure out which lane you fit in and how it would be best for us to work together. And make sure you stay tuned for next week's episode. See you later.
2: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91%
1: of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes, like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind.